welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. Today, I am joined on the show by Zach Lacey and Mike Barry. Fellas, how are we doing? Uh, Bruins suck, so not great. But uh, other than that, you know, pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm actually, I was looking forward to, you know, looking uh, looking forward to watching an entertaining series, but it looks like it's not uh, going to be an entertaining long one. So we shall see how it goes. Yes, uh, we will hit on both of those topics here. Let's start with our Boston Bruins, who, as Zach pointed out, did not have a long stay in the postseason this year. They took on the Carolina Hurricanes in round one. And although it went the distance seven game series, they fell short, losing all four road games, winning all three home games. So and none of these games were all that close in terms of final score. So I'm just going to start right there. What happened in this series to the point that the Bruins, A, couldn't get anything going on the road and B, were just a completely other dominant team at home so zach i'll let you get going first what 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 happened yeah uh i mean you pretty much summed it up they the crowd in carolina i don't know if they got to them the travel got to them i don't know what it was they look like a completely different team playing and so do the hurricanes playing away from home um i i don't know if you put it on the coaching staff not getting them ready for the away games not doing the right stuff. Maybe that's part of the reason Cassidy's no longer there. Um, but yeah, man, the, the road games are ugly. Yeah, and we'll definitely touch on the the head coaching seat uh, in just a few. But Mike, give me your thoughts. What what happened in that playoff series? What why what went wrong for them? Uh, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. Um, I think that you know. The Bruins were real hot to end the end the season after about January, and something just happened in the. I don't know if if the locker room was there was a there was a split in the locker room between coach and staff, front office, and the players. Where you know they it looked like they were just playing two different styles of systems, either at home and away. Um, you know they were playing dominant hockey at home, and then you know once they lost the lead down in Carolina. They're almost playing on their heels, and the Bruins are just not equipped to to play on their heels and play from behind. So, um, yeah, I think it was just a it was a kind of it was a mix of everything. But you know, I think it really comes down to they just weren't ready. They just weren't ready to go all seven games. Um, they were only ready to go three games, and that's never going to get you far um, in any playoff series. So, uh, not being able to steal one at least one game down in Carolina really bit them. Mm-hmm. Now, if I if my memory serves me correctly, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. They did the Bruins did make a goalie change midway through this series. Is is do I have that right? Yeah. Did do you guys think that Bruce made the change too soon? Did he not make it quick enough? Do you think that had any sort of impact in the way the series shook out? I I, I mean, it's easy to look back and. And second guess. Um, That's true. Benefit of hindsight now. Yeah, obvious. Obviously, you get smoked in the first two games, and so you had you had to make a goalie change. Pick the wrong guy to start the first two games. Clearly, um, 
I mean, it's unfortunate being able to look back on it like that now. But then again, they didn't win another game on the road anyway. So were they going to win a game on the road despite who the goalie was? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mike? I think that, you know, the the firing of Bruce Callis, Cassidy highlighted what was really going on behind the scenes. I think that Cassidy wanted to rise Swayman going into the playoffs. He was the harder goalie. But I think the front office, knowing that they had to fork over 25-odd million dollars for, for Allmark, I think that they wanted to showcase them in the playoffs and, and see if their investment would pay off. But obviously it wasn't, wasn't the right play. Okay, so you guys have both repeatedly brought up the whole Bruce Cassidy situation. So let's let's go right into that. So as we all know now, the Bruins let go, fired, whatever you want to term it. Bruce Cassidy, he is no longer the head coach for the Boston Bruins. Conveniently enough, he quickly got signed by the Las Vegas Knights. Uh, I believe the the Knights general manager actually hired Bruce for his first gig in Washington. So there was a little bit of a connection there. So it wasn't too, too shocking to see him go to Vegas. That being said, the Bruins are keeping Don Sweeney as GM. So Mike, you started to kind of elaborate on it. What, what were your thoughts when, when Bruce got fired and where, how do you think this all unraveled? I think it's just par for the course for the Bruins organization starting at the top with their owner. Um, he's only worried about seats in the playoffs, which generate him extra revenue. He got three extra games, three extra nights of revenue, and he doesn't care how deep they go. He doesn't how he doesn't care how the team's structured. Um, I think that it was kind of a a below the belt play by the front office, Cam Neely and, and Don Sweeney to end the season that, you know, they're saying that they openly came out and said that Bruce Cassidy's job was safe. He was, he was good to go for next season. Two weeks later, they, they can him. So I think that's kind of an indictment of what, what the Bruins have in their front office. And I don't think that Cassidy should have went, um, you know, I think there just needs, needs to be in a fire sale change for a long time. Um, but you know, I don't think the, the, the ownership structure is, is ready to part ways with, you know, their, their homegrown boys and Cam Neely and Don Sweeney. Zach, would you agree with that? And, and regardless, what were your thoughts, uh, on the Bruce Cassidy switch? Yeah, just absolutely miserable, miserable firing. Um, the guy bleeds black and gold. I has just his exit interviews. People ask him, like, about the firing. He's like, yeah, of course I would still want to be here. Like, I, I wait. I sit up every night thinking about the 2019 uh, Game 7. Like, I don't know. Um, they're so result-oriented that, I mean, I guess every it is with everything. If you don't win a championship, you're, you're gone within a couple of years. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a reason why he got a job literally right away after he got fired. It's because he's an amazing coach. And if anybody, it should have been Sweeney. That guy's been trash other than McAvoy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just miserable. Yeah, it, it definitely came as a shock uh, for some people because you look at how the Boston Bruins have performed 
in, in the past four years, only the Tampa Bay Lightning have had a higher regular season points percentage than the Boston Bruins. I know that's just a regular season stat, but if you want to include postseason, the Boston Bruins have made the postseason in all six years that Bruce Cassidy stood behind the bench in the lead position. So, it, I mean, he did everything short of winning a Stanley Cup. And if if you're going to say that He's nope. He just wasn't. The, he didn't have the the team behind him. Like his voice was getting tuned out. I guess. I guess you can say that. But I. I mean, I just can't imagine that somebody of who was so successful in what he did would would already have lost his his team in this manner. So. I'm, I don't know if, if that's what it was or whatnot, but it's going to be really interesting to see where the Bruins go from here because uh, you look at the outlook for the Bruins next year, they're going to be shorthanded to start the year at the very minimum. Marchand, McAvoy, Mike Riley, Matt Grizzlick all have off-season surgeries performed, and they are not going to be available to start the 2022-2023 season. They're all going to be out for six-plus months from when they had surgery. So I I guess the next question that I have to ask is where, how is this all going to impact the team's off-season plans and and, and even in early season outlook for next year? Obviously, with those guys being out, you don't know about – the status of Patrice Bergeron with him being a pending free agent. Like where, where does this team go from here? Zach, I'll start with you. They get David Krejci back is what they do. Stop Pasternak hanging out with him. Um, and they're, he's like, Oh, you're coming back to Boston. Krejci's like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that'd be sick. Um, these these other guys, I mean, it's a, it's a lot it's a lot of defense there. It's uh, I mean, two of your top four, and then Mike Riley. Um, the Marshan one hurts too because he's been a beast. But I mean, if Marshan's out, Bergeron's gone. If Bergeron retires, um, they they could be going into a rebuild. But it, as sad as that sounds, but at the same time. If these guys come back, if Bergeron comes back and um, these other guys can progress a little quicker, I mean, if they miss the beginning of the season, that's not a huge problem. Um, there's enough games that they'll be okay and they'll still be in the playoff hunt once these guys get healthy. Um, this is obviously this is not going to be a replacement for a McAvoy or Marshan on the free agent market. Um, you just don't replace those guys, so. You got to do with what you got in house and hope these guys can heal up quick. Mm-hmm. Mike. I mean, I think you didn't hit the nail on the head. Zach, there's going to be a rebuilding year. Like you, the, you, you lose all your core guys to injuries to start the year. You have a goalie who has a terrible contract situation. You can't really move him. You fire your coach who got picked up within a week. And I mean, it's very rare in it in sports in general, but I mean, as valuable as an asset as Bruce, Bruce Cassidy is, 
do we think the Brewers could have got some form of asset draft, future draft pick, a player consideration for Bruce Cassidy? I think they, I think they missed the opportunity to do something with that on that front. Um, you know, going into next month's draft, they need to draft some NHL-ready prospect who's ready to rock and roll within the first couple months of the season. Because as we know, they're, they've traded away a lot of assets over the years. They don't really have a strong farm system coming up. Um, you know, it's, it, it's almost in a point where, where do they go from here? Like they have, um, they have McAvoy and Parson are coming up on big contract years as well uh, within the next couple of years. So, it's going to be interesting. Honestly, looking at it from a, from a high level, they are not set up to build and be contenders for a good while. So unless they can finagle some form of, you know, whether it be a draft night trade where uh, Don Sweeney usually has all right luck. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't think they have the assets to build a rebuild team so quick. Um, I think it's going to be a long few year process and, you know, they need, it, it, it all depends on, you know, the injury status too of all these players coming back. Like what's the prognosis of a, a Bergeron long-term um, Martian long-term Carlo with his injury history. So it, it's, it's kind of like a skeleton crew right now. So, we shall see what happens, but it, you know the next step is is the draft in in a couple of weeks. The problem with the draft is they do not have a first round pick in this year's draft. They, I believe, that was involved in one of the recent trades that they made to try and bolster the the forcements, and so they they will be without a first round pick in this year's draft. So they'll be working with a second, a third a fourth, a sixth, and a pair of sevenths. And outside of that, they're not going to have much cap space. Uh, it looks like per ESPN, they're projected to have about $5.37 million of cap space. Obviously, that can change based off of players being released, moved, contracts being restructured. But as it stands now, it doesn't look like they really have a whole lot of wiggle room to kind of play around with to try and add more more talent or or kind of add more depth to to the roster so it it like you said it's probably going to have to start in-house you're going to have to have a couple of guys that are are ready to to kind of make the the jump up to the to the nhl and make that and kind of cover until you can get your main guys back in order um so it's going to be really tough because while there are definitely some free agents out there uh, I mean, there are a couple of top end guys like Philip Forsberg, Johnny, Johnny Hockey and Johnny Gordo, Claude Giroux, guys that you could attempt to go get. But you're probably not going to be able to get them uh, with the amount of cap space that you have and then be able to kind of address the lack of depth in terms of scoring. So I, I think it's going to be a very tricky at the very least interesting off season for the Boston Bruins going forward. It, Cause it's really going to be interesting to see what kind of direction they decide to take. Do they try and hold on to being a playoff team? Do they d- 
decide to kind of maybe take a year off and kind of, I don't want to say tank, but they kind of just say, ah, this is kind of a, a throwaway year, get a lottery pick for next year and then bounce back in the 2023, 2024 year. Like what, what is the long-term play here for the Boston Bruins? That's, that's going to be, that's going to be something interesting to watch going forward. But uh, you guys ready to watch uh, Taylor Hall, Pasternak and Eric Hall as your first line for the first three months. I certainly am not. Oh God. Uh, I think that, (laughs) Hey, I mean, if, if they can at least get Krejci back, maybe, maybe that becomes viable, but I, I don't want know. nothing to do with that. I'm anti, anti Krejci coming back. He's gone. You hate fun. He's gone. He's forgotten. He might better off picking up somebody from Massachusetts, you know, local guy, so they can just run that narrative to the ground. <laughs> oh God. Well, uh, that's all I have for my Bruins notes. Uh, do you guys have anything else you'd like to add in terms of how the, the Bruins season ended and how the, the tumultuous, the off season has already gotten off to. Done, Sweeney. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll leave it at that then. But before we, we sign off here, we definitely got to, Just talk about the NHL playoffs as they roll on. We are in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Tampa Bay Lightning have made it back once again to defend their cup. And going for the three-peat, they are taking on the Western Conference champion, Colorado Avalanche. And the Lightning are down big. And it has not looked good at times especially in game two after that seven nothing drubbing at the hands of the avalanche the lightning do get games three and four at home though they will be coming home so the question now that i'd like to pose to you is is this still a series with what you saw game one came down to overtime game two an absolute beatdown. What a what does Tampa Bay have to do to get back into the series? And do they even have a chance to get back into the series the way Colorado has been playing? You know, I mean, they need a goaltender to show up. That would that would be helpful. Um but no, I mean my pick before the series was Avs in five. Might be Avs in four now. Um they're they're just way better than everybody else and their head and shoulders above the lightning. Lightning may may sneak one at home, but that'll be about it. Mike? Yeah. Um, in our previous um, Hockey Talk pod, uh, I had abs the whole way, and uh, it's looking like that's going to be what it is. Um, you know, as good as the lightning are, uh, Colorado, they have – two generational talents who could take over a game, take over a series and snap of a finger and uh, McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Um, and it just comes down to goal scoring. Colorado has been the better offensive team throughout the whole series, throughout the whole playoffs. Um, they just play the, such an aggressive style of hockey. They just wear teams down with their speed and then they finish it up by putting the puck in the back of the net. Um, so it's, it's Colorado series to, to win here. Um, game three is tonight at home and for Tampa Bay. So we'll see if it's, I think this game is a do or die moment for the Tampa Bay lightning. 
if they can if they can get one at home, they might be able to you know come back. But if they lose tonight, it's 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 series over. Uh, could be a two back to back sweeps of series for the Avalanche. Yeah, and that would mark an impressive run to a, a Stanley Cup final and championship for the Avalanche. They swept the Preds in the first round. They swept the Edmonton Oilers in the conference finals. The only team that's really given them any sort of fight, really, in terms of lengthening a series was their second round opponent in the St. Louis Blues, who took them to six games. Other than that, the Avalanche have just had their way with just about anyone. And uh, to see even the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning struggling against these guys shows you what kind of a juggernaut the Colorado Avalanche have become. Uh, game three ha- has started, and they're only a couple minutes in. No score yet. Uh, so we will see how that goes. But it definitely would be a shocker to see Tampa Bay get back into the series, given how the first two games go. But we'll see how the swing of home ice changes as the series now moves to Tampa Bay. Uh, any, any final thoughts? From either of you, I I've, I think that's all I have on my agenda. Oh, uh, one more. Uh, fuck you. Ah, how I've missed that so much in the past month. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Mike? Uh, will we see the Bruins acquire a scoring second-line right-winger? No. Well, no, I have to keep my hopes up. It's every year. Every year, the hopes are up during the summertime, during oh. right before the draft. But I think the the hopes will be dashed before the season. Jake Brusk. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be an interesting thing to see play out too. The whole Jake DeBrusk trade request. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be a busy off season for the Boston Bruins. Uh, I I am definitely intrigued to see how that goes. So. I think that's going to do it here on this episode of Fixing the Talk Sports. For Zach and Mike, I'm Ryan, and we will see you next time.